0: Here at Total Wine & More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. My friends and I are hanging out this weekend, and I'm on cooler duty. These seltzers and sparkling wines are the coolest. They'll make you the king of the cooler. Oh, that sounds good. Wow, I can fill my cooler without emptying my wallet? Find what you love, love what you find, only at Total Wine & More, with the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, Be 21 Welcome to Raiders of the Lost podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. Hello, everyone. James here. I just finished watching the show Dark Season 1. Now, this is on Netflix. It is a German science fiction thriller kind of horror TV show. It's really, really great. Um, the first season came out in 2017, and there are three seasons total. I think that is the tw- that it has ended after three seasons, but I'm really into the show, and I can't wait to binge some more of it. I literally watched the whole first season in, like, four days. I really, really enjoyed this show. It's complex as hell. There are a ton of characters Lots of cool science fiction elements, horror elements, and I'll, I'll just keep this spoiler free for a little bit, but then I'll get into spoilers for the end of the season just to talk and explain about what happened. Because I'm sure a lot, most of mostly people listening to this right now have watched the show. If not, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. It cruises by. I recommend watching it in German audio with subtitles. I always watch, and Anthony and I always watch international and foreign films that way. We always do subtitles. It's the best way and the purest way to watch the show or movie from that country. If you want to do audio dubbed, do you. It's your life, personally. I, I can't watch something with audio dubbed over it. So I always do subtitles. It just makes the experience so much better when you actually hear the real voices of the real characters of the actors in the show. So just to set up, Dark, it's about this town in Germany where there is a missing teenage student, high school student um, in the town. And after he goes missing, another child goes missing, another, another kid. And so this town called Enden has this complex mystery behind it. This past, this mystery of this past and similar situations happening in, it's basically about this investigation from the point of view of several, several characters. I mean, there are entire family trees of characters to kind of you could study with this show because it's one of those towns where everybody knows somebody. Everybody knows everybody. Lots of different families mixed together and they marry each other. They have kids. And this the story, the show is so fascinating and my one con for it is I wish it was a little more scary. I went into it thinking it was a horror series because the people who recommended it to me and I've heard online that it is a horror show, there are horror elements to it and there are scary moments, but for for the most part, it's not that scary. It's more of a suspenseful thriller, kind of, kind of like Seven. And I also think it, it feels a lot like Stranger Things too because there are a lot of elements of 80s and the retro era of of the 80s and 90s which is really cool and it kind of feels like stranger things maybe for adults you know less pop less poppy less pop culture stuff and more dramatic you know acting and, and dialogues and storylines going on but it still has a similar vibe to stranger things and overall the production is really great Lots of terrific acting, screenplay. The screenplays and screenwriting are is really really great, especially with this really complex story because there have got to be, I don't know, twelve main characters in this show. And the interesting thing about all these main characters, we get into spoiler territory now, is we're seeing these characters in either two or three different storylines and timelines of different eras whether it's the year 2019 which the the real time of the 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 main story takes place or going back in time yes we are going back in time in this film in this show to 1986 with the same characters or even further back to 1953 with a lot of the same characters and it's really cool really complex writing because you have to connect all these dots with all these characters in all these different eras, whether they were born or not. Some characters are in all three eras. Some characters are only in two. Some characters are only in one in terms of when they were born. But some characters bounce around the timeline of where, what year they're in. And the number 33 is prevalent all throughout this show. And so there's some sort of cycle going on where every 33 years, a, a new cycle of events happens in terms of these boys getting kidnapped and going missing. And then it's sort of the cycle stops. And then 33 years later, it starts back up again. Then it stops. And 33 years later, it starts back up again, which is 2019. And so for the third time, this mysterious situation happening in Endon is going on again, where boys are going missing. These young and teenage boys are disappearing. No one's hearing from them. And then also bodies are being discovered in the woods of Not the boys that are missing in the timeline, but other boys where the investigators aren't sure where they came from, who they are. Little do they know, the boys that they're finding in the woods are children that were kidnapped in different time periods. So, for example, Ulrich and the detectives, they find who they think is Mikkel, his son in the woods, but it ends up being what he finds out later on towards the end of the season, his brother Mads, who went missing. In 1986. And so let's, let's go over the main characters real quick because, again, there are so many of them. Uh, I would say that the lead of the show is Jonas, who's a teenager. His father opened, It opens up with his father has committed suicide. And his mother is um, Hannah. So Hannah is his mother, Hannah Kruger, who becomes uh, Conwald. And then Jonas' father was Mikkel. And then we have... And so Jonas is like the teenage boy who's kind of wrapped up in all this mystery and con- there's connections going on with him as well. Then we have his ex-girlfriend who is... Sorry, there's so many characters. I gotta get this list going. Oh, so, the start is his best friend Bartosz, who is the son of Alexander or Boris Nevald, who is in charge of this... Um, the nuclear reactor facility. Okay, so, sorry. The backdrop of the town is it's... So it's got this nuclear power plant, which has been supplying energy for the town in different parts of Germany for, for decades now. And this is the center of this these mysterious disappearances and, and the strange things going around in the town. Boris is married to Regi- Regina. And then we have Ulrich and Katarina, whose sons and daughters are Magnus, Martha, and Mikkel. And uh, Mikkel is like 11 years old, and he he's goes missing um, in the beginning of the season. After he goes out with Martha Bartosz, who is Jonas' best friend, and Jonas to go pick up and find drugs, a stash of drugs at this cave that all the kids kind of go to, to like hang out. And it seems like it's, it's like the place to go to get stoned and all that sort of stuff. You know how kids are. Kids are getting away from their parents to find those abandoned couches and whatnot. And then we have, let's see. Charlotte Doppler and Peter Doppler. And so Charlotte Doppler is a detective and Peter is a psychologist. Their kids are Francesca, who is of high school age, the redhead, and then Elizabeth Doppler, who is their daughter, who is deaf. And so that takes care of the kids. And Francesca and Magnus from the Nielsens end up having a relationship. Ulrich Nielsen is also a detective on the police force, and he's investigating... First, the disappearance of Eric, who the, the show opens up with this boy Eric has been missing. And he's also he's heading that up with Charlotte, their partners. And then Ulrich's son, Mikkel, goes missing because he disappears when the him and the other teenagers they go out looking for that stash, but he doesn't know what they're what he's there for. And then we find out that Mikkel traveled back in time to 1986 because there's this this secretive character. He's he's like full of shadows and he has this black coat with this hood over him and he's always looming in the woods and he seems to be connected with the disappearances. He takes up this hotel room which is run by Regina Tidman, um, and he has all these cutouts and paintings and symbology of all sorts of crazy stuff, like time-related stuff, time travel stuff, or reality stuff, and, labyrinth is, and labyrinths and mazes, all sorts of cool designs and drawings all over this hotel room, and he crosses out the missing newspaper that says, in German, it says, where is Mickle?" and then he crosses out and writes, when is Mickle?" because he knows that Mickle has traveled back to 1986. Which is wild. And then we follow Mickle for a little bit as he's in 1986 discovering where he is. And it's hard for him to accept, like you accept, for, for anyone to go back in time not realizing what they've done. Especially for a 10 or 11 year old, no matter how intelligent they are. It's probably the most shocking thing that could ever happen to you. Where you accidentally go back in time 33 years and he's like walking the halls of his of his school. And he meets people who are either... He knows in his timeline that are older, and now they're they're like his age or high school age, which is pretty crazy and trippy. And so this is where he also meets. This is this gets crazy. This is where he meets Jonas's grandmother, who is Enus. Now Enus is the nurse with the dot with the the nurse with the mole on her on her upper lip, and there's a younger version of her in this timeline in 1986 as a nurse, but we know her from the first episode where she is the grandmother of Jonas and she has that secret letter that she's keeping for herself um, that was signed as a suicide note addressed to Jonas that she opens up at that very specific time. And it's an older version because we see that same prominent mole on her upper lip, but it's a lot less defined in 1986 when she was a nurse. And Enos ends up taking care of Mikkel, who she doesn't understand is a boy from the future even though she he tells her she just thinks he's a, got an overactive imagination but she has a connection to him so she ends up raising him so it, it gets really weird because Enos is not really Jonas's grandmother he, he she is by not by blood because she's not Mikkel's, who we find out who we learn is Michael Michael Jonas's father cuz she's not young, she's not Michael's mother by blood complicated i know and this means that since Mick, since Michael and Hannah have Jonas, that makes Jonas the nephew. Makes Jonas the the first of all the the grandson of Ulrich and Katarina because Ulrich and Katarina, Mikkel is their son, and then Mikkel becomes Michael in nineteen in this t- new timeline that he's in, and he becomes Jonas's father. Which also means that Jonas's Uncle and aunts. Jonas's uncle is Magnus, the teenager with the the long blonde hair, the angsty one. And then Jonas's aunt is Martha, who used to be his girlfriend, and they even kiss. And it's it's really great when Jonas starts to discover the truth, and he actually gets those the, the, like the, the the package and the shipment from the mystery man with the hood. Then he goes inside, and he travels back in time, and he finds Mikkel, but he doesn't say anything to Mikkel because the man in the hood, and the jacket, warns him that that is your father. If you go and talk to him, you won't exist. You will cease to exist because if you bring him back, he would have never become your father. Because in that timeline, that's where Mikkel meets a young Hannah, who and Hannah's in love with Ulrich, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So it's a paradox, but however, the show, what I, what I think is interesting is... They eliminate the idea of the grandfather paradox, which is the paradox where if you decide to go back, if you have a time machine and you go decide to go back in time and kill your grandfather, how could you have gone back in time to kill your grandfather if you didn't exist, if you do kill your grandfather? So you would have never existed, so how could you have gone back in time? So that's the grandfather paradox where you, know, you could say that you just would be in existence, or you could say that you wouldn't exist and you disappear, kind of like in the movie Looper. But whereas The Grandfather Paradox is a little different where it's kind of inexplainable. There is really no answer. But I like how the show, it seems to give an answer that like, if you eliminate the possibility of your birth, you will disappear from existence. And also what I like about the show is it's similar to Tenant, where they're traveling back in time and forwards in time through that portal underneath the nuclear power plant, which, which is underneath that secret room, that bunker. But it seems to be that they're not different dimensions, maybe. It, but even though they call it different dimensions, but it's there just seem to be different points on the same linear timeline. I think we'll learn more about whether they're different dimensions or not. Technically, that is a different dimension you can say, but they're on the same linear timeline, so it's kind of like it's kind of like Avengers two, and uh, Infinity War and Endgame when they're. They're not going into a new dimension. They're just going into the quantum realm and coming out at a different point in the same linear timeline, if that makes sense to you. Now, oh man, there's so much to talk about. This is crazy. <laughs> there's so much mystery. Um, where, where should we go with next with this? So that's kind of Jonas' story, and then he discovers—then we discover that well, there, there's a secret bunker where— these kids are being taken to, and at different points of timeline, whether it's the present day or 1986 or 1954, it has this creepy childish like wallpaper and a bunk bed, and there's this strange machine that has these large coils around this upper gauge that goes over these kids' faces, and then we later learn that it's a time machine prototype, and these children are the guinea pigs for this time machine. And we learn that because Jonas ends up getting put in there when he's back in time, and then goes back to to 2019, and he goes in there, right? Or is it no? It's 1986 where he goes in there. So 1986 is when the wallpaper and everything is up, and then he, the man with the hood and everything, he explains to him after he's trapped down there that he's all he's Jonas. He's in, Jonas. 33 years later, he's gone through everything that Jonas is about to go through and has gone through and that he was in the same situation. So it's really interesting that a lot of these a lot of characters actually meet younger older versions of themselves. So Jonas meets his older version of himself who we find out is that man lurking around the woods and stuff doing all that stuff leaving the trail of breadcrumbs for Jonas to find his way paths through the the caves which are which leads to the time portal, you could say, the door which takes you either to 1953 or to 1986 and obviously the other door is 2019. It's kind of cool. It's it's sort of like a Goosebumps book where you, you select a different passage and you go to this part of the world or this part of the timeline. Um, and then who else meets a younger version of himself? So we meet... Who, where, where else? Where are we? Where are we? Um, Helge meets an older version of himself, and we also meet a younger version of himself. And Helge is this mysterious character who used to work as security at the nuclear power plant. And then we find out is involved with this weird... Plot of kidnapping children and testing them as guinea pigs for this time travel machine, which is headed and controlled by this priest, this man who's obviously maybe became a priest by the acts and sacraments by the church, but the church doesn't obviously know that he's a murderer and kidnapper. And my theory is that the priest is Bartosh, and this is Jonas's best friend, who's uh, very well off because his parents are Regina and in El- and Boris. Well, actually, Alexander, who we later find out is really Boris, because he had a, a, changed his identity because he stole an identity from somebody. Clearly, but Regina, um, her mother, was in charge of the nuclear power point, power power plant back in 1986, and then so Regina and, Alex, and Alexander Alexander becomes the head of the nuclear power plant after he got a job working for Claudia after meeting Regina in the woods so Bartage and his family are very well off because they are the wealthiest people in the family they have control of the town you know whoever is in control of the nuclear power plant has the most wealth and power in the in the town and Claudia's parents are Egon, Ty- Egon Tiedman and then Doris and Egon is the old sheriff from 1986 who's very old on his way out and then we find out that he is actually was an up and coming police officer in 1953 and was very passionate about his job in trying to solve these missing persons cases. Now, whew, there's this is getting complicated. Hopefully, hopefully you're bearing with me. Now, Helge Doppler uh his son is Peter Doppler who's also involved with this somehow. And Peter has some sort of connection with Toronto Nielsen, Ulrich's father who in in Mads' father. They're somehow connected or know something about what's going on with these missing persons and time travel and these boys. And then Peter is married to Charlotte, who again is the police officer and detective who's working with Ulrich. And Helge's parents are Greta and Bernd Doppler. And Helge was very well off. And Ulrich becomes obsessed with obviously trying to find his son after Mikkel goes missing and he gets suspended, but goes through all sorts of you know, illegal methods to try to find answers of what's going on. He ends up following Helge, who has dementia in 19- in 2019, who we find is trying to stop his younger self in 1986 from doing everything he's doing. Ulrich follows him into the time machine and Ulrich ends up in 1953 because he goes left instead of right. And he's in 1953. He tries to kill a young version of Helge because he starts to understand that if Helge is the one that's kidnapping the children, all I have to do is kill Helge as a child. And then Mads will never get kidnapped and killed. And then Mikkel will never get kidnapped and killed. And so it's crazy where Ulrich tries to kill Helge. And then Helge, we find out, survives because he, this is where he got those, the horrific scarring and wounds on his face. <laughs> which is pretty nuts. Like Ulrich is a bad guy. Like obviously he's pushed to the limits, but I mean to kill to try to kill a child—that is absolutely madness, insanity. And then I love how when, when, I've screamed a few points of the show, not out of fear, but out of like holy shit. And when the, the loudest I screamed was when Charlotte is going through the old newspaper clippings because she's she's intuitive, intelligent, and has been curious about this number 33 that keeps propping up, especially the same things are happening that were happening when she was in her teens and she was noticing these strange things happening, like all the birds dying and falling out of the sky and the sh- the, sh- the f- flashing lights all over the town, which obviously means that someone is using the time machine. That's when all the lights start going haywire everywhere. And she's going through the old newspaper clippings to try to find some sort of connection with what's going on in 2019. And she finds the, the newspaper clip um, article of, Ulrich, who is, had his photo taken after he goes back in time to 1953 after he gets arrested for the murder of the boys that are mis- that were found in 1953, and it's crazy. That was one of the that was the last episode in there, and that made me that blew my mind. That was so crazy. I I, I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, because the show does a great job of setting up shocks and cliffhangers almost, but gives you plenty of breadcrumbs and clues to figure out what's about to happen. But it's it's not like a bad for, sort of predictability. It's a fun one where it's like, oh, I bet, I bet Ulrich's going to be in the newspaper. Oh, there he is. Like stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Like, And then I predicted that Jonas was, also, was going to be the young version of the stranger in the woods. I, I, I figured like at some point after like a few episodes, I'm like, that's got to be him because sort of looks like him. But the hood and the jacket, because Jonas is always wearing this yellow jacket with the hood over him. And the stranger's always wearing a black jacket with the hood on over him. So I figured that they were going to be the same person. Um <laughs> who else we got to talk about? Entrante is married to Jana. To and their fa- Entrante's father is Agnes, who we meet in 1953 as well. Daniel is Enes's fa- uh, father, who we meet in 1953, and who else we got? There's the guy who works at the at the um the watch store. He, he repairs the, the the watches. He ends up making that time machine for Claudia Tiedman. So Claudia Tiedman, she's something happens to her in 1986 that we don't see yet, where she becomes a recluse. It seems like and leaves her family and starts to be. You know, trying to preserve time, and so her and the stranger Jonas, are trying. It seems to preserve time in this loop and try to fix it, whereas the priest, who again I'm predicting is Bartosh older, and Helge are trying to disrupt time and control time and change it. But we, but it seems like they're the show is hinting that this is sort of something to do with the devil. Or or Satan or the or the Antichrist. It's it's getting really cool and biblical, which I think is really fascinating. So, I think Bartosh is the priest because the priest starts to to re- recruit Bartosh after he predicts all these things going that are happened to Bartosh happened, and Bartosh is like, "All right, I believe you, and now I'm on your side." And then he begins to recruit him, and that's just I think it's pretty obvious they 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 look alike. You know, they they have a similar look, which the show does a good job of. But then we find out that Claudia. We find an older version of her in the last couple of episodes, who's, again, Bartosh's grandmother, who he would never met before. Regina and Alexander told him that she was dead. She comes back, and we learn that she's trying to preserve time or something with Jonas, trying to fix it. And the great thing about this show is, is time, and Jonas and, and Claudia, they don't understand, even though they're trying to destroy this portal that was opened up because of the power plant and underneath, that that room by taking the 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 correct the, the not fixed but the current little time machine that the the guy in the in the watch store never used before or like he brings him the fresh one or he has the fresh one on the shelf because it never got take, taken yet here's the Jonas and the in Claudia don't realize that they're the ones that create this crazy time portal loop this 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 portal of doors that open up into the same place in 1953, 1986, or 2019. And the season basically ends with them launching that and and Jonas opening it up. It seems like he kills himself. And it's almost like it reminds me so much of Tenet because it seems like no matter what happens, a lot of the characters who find out about the time are trying to figure out, trying to wonder if they can control time, if they can alter things. But it seems like they can't. Even Ulrich, he doesn't alter time because... what's done is done. What happens is supposed to happen. You know, he's supposed to go back in time. He's supposed to attack Helge. Helge supposed to get attacked. Jonas is supposed to, Michael's supposed to kill himself. Mikkel, Mikkel's supposed to go back in time. Mikkel's supposed to grow up as Michael, fall in love with Hannah, kill himself after having Jonas. And Jonas is supposed to become the stranger. And, I can't wait to see what else is happening and going on in the the future episodes. Um, And same thing with Egon. Egon's, all the things are supposed to happen to him. Regina, all the, same, all the things are supposed to happen to them. So these, these events seem to be unchangeable. But it, the priest, this evil guy, the priest, definitely, who's Noah. Sorry, his name's Noah. Or he goes by Noah because he thinks he calls himself like Noah after Noah's Ark. Noah seems to be of the opinion that he can control time. And he can make a new timeline, which would be pretty fascinating. And I can't wait to see. And the season ends. Really, really great, you know, great cliffhanger. Um, with Ulrich stuck in 1953, Jonas stuck inside that prototype time machine. Noah and Bartosh joining forces. Where else is everybody else? Um uh Claudia Is you know watching all those photos she has like that crazy display of all the images of each each person in the town at each specific time period with their dots connected um mickle is stuck in 1986 developing his relationship with hannah it's nuts it's crazy there's 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 so much it's super complicated um It'd be a lot of fun to do like a really long episode on this because there's so much to talk about, and we have and like there's so much sim- symbolism and symbology in this show. It's really really cool, but again, it's it's so well made and and the story, it you have to pay attention. That's what I like about it is these shows like this and movies like this that force you to pay attention. You know, there are plenty of shows where you can like sit there and you're like kind of half paying attention. You're on your phone, you're on Instagram and you just hear the dialogue. You're like, Oh, whatever that happened. I'm watching the show, but I'm also not really watching it at the same time. But then, shows like dark they force you to pay attention because it gets super complicated and complex where your your brain kind of hurts sometimes because you're watching a character at this timeline but then you're like all right so how are they again connected to this character over here in this timeline and then how are they connected to this character this character in 2019 and but how are they do they but so that's this person in 1953 but here they are in 1986 it's 86, it's crazy it's all over the goddamn place but it's a lot of fun and it challenges you and you got to pay attention which we love to do when we watch TV and movies because that's the whole point. And, you know, I really enjoyed this. I can't wait to binge season two. I'm going to start that probably this weekend if I get some time. But I can't, can't wait, you know, especially with Ulrich's storyline where he's trapped in prison in in 1953. Will he ever get out of there? Jonas, Jonas, it ends with he goes forwards in time, 33 years in the future. To what we can assume is 2042, 33 years after 2019. And it seems to be like a post apocalyptic world, which is wild. And he gets kidnapped by like a Mad Max crew of people on a truck. So can't wait to see what happens with that. Very excited about season two of this show. So, I highly recommend it. Obviously, if you made it this far, you probably listened, you probably watched the whole show. Um, thanks so much for tuning into this mini review of Dark Season One on Netflix.